This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. You are on a Wednesday drive. WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. We're don't look now, but we're exactly 10 days away from college football being played in the state of North Carolina. 10 days. I was just told that there's going to be high school football played tomorrow on Thursday due to bad weather, inclement weather expected on Friday. Games that count for real, that are here. 10 days from now, it'll be the Tar Heels and FAMU at Keenan playing next Saturday night. However, Carolina still hasn't named a starting quarterback yet. Mac Brown said an announcement should come next Monday, but he added this about the competition that's going on right now between Jacoby Criswell and Drake May. Uh, yeah, you'd have to. I mean, you, so you wouldn't have any choice uh, about making a decision right now. It is a, a situation where both of them are good enough. So if we started either one of them, I would feel good. Um, so we, we'll choose one. Uh, again, I'm, I'm planning on doing it uh, Monday. Um, but could not happen, but I think so. That's what we want to do. My opinions evolved on this. I picked North Carolina to win the Coastal Division right around the time camp was beginning. Then they had a ton of injuries. At the start of camp, I thought Jacoby Criswell would be the best guy to steer this offense down the field because they had enough playmakers around him to make it work. You have Josh Downs, Politnikoff Award candidate. Just so you know, in case you are unfamiliar, Politnikoff voters, pretty cool. I'm one of those. And you got British Brooks in the backfield. Antoine Green's coming back. There's enough talents. Kamari Morales at tight end. There's enough talent that North Carolina, you just need Jacoby Criswell to move the offense, don't do anything flashy, distribute the football, don't turn it over. That's what I felt the position was when I picked Carolina to win the Coastal Division. Now, because of all the injuries they've dealt with in camp, I'm having second thoughts about picking the Tar Heels, and I also think differently about the position. Mac Brown said it's close, and since it's close, I think Drake May has become the better choice as camp's gone on for Carolina, and this is why. Drake is more dynamic than Criswell is. When you have as many injuries as they've had at camp, losing Antoine Green, losing British Brooks, that is a skill set, that's an attribute, that has grown in how appealing it is knowing that you probably need your quarterback to be more of a playmaker now. I didn't think that even just a couple of weeks ago. But without Green for a month and without British Brooks for the season, I think you need the quarterback to be a playmaker. And let's be honest, the O-line, a low point last year. That's still a very unproven unit. You might need your quarterback to have more of a running element. And Drake May has that more, has more of that skill set than Criswell does. Also, Drake May has a higher ceiling than Jacoby Criswell, which you have to talk about as a staff when you're comparing two quarterbacks who have not started before and have multiple years of eligibility remaining. Drake 
was an Alabama commit. He was going to play for Nick Saban. Drake May was a top 50, top 55 player, according to 24-7. In the country, Jacoby Criswell was in the 200s. Now, do the stars mean everything? No. But it does tell you a lot about skill talent. They don't get it wrong that often when they're talking about the best guys. Can you be great without being a highly ranked player? Yes, we've all seen examples of that. But I think in terms of what you can do, what you project out to do, Drake May has a higher ceiling as a quarterback than Jacoby Criswell does. And if it's close, I'm picking the guy with more eligibility left. Drake May has four years. Criswell has three. Especially if the guy with more years has more star power. If you want to generate more interest in your program, start Drake May at quarterback. The brother of Luke May. The son of Mark May, who used to be a quarterback at Carolina. He's a legacy. Now, that shouldn't be the most important deal, and Mac would never admit that that's something that's a factor. But if it's close, like he's saying it is, give me the guy with more years left. Give me the guy who has more upside. Give me the guy who's a legacy. Check, check, check. And oh yeah, if I don't have a full deck at the skill positions, Give me the player who's more likely to make plays with his feet to be a playmaker, and that's Drake May. So 10 days from now, I think he's the best option for the Tar Heels against FAMU in Week 0. On Twitter, at WSGS Radio if you want it. If you are listening to The Drive, you can email us, thedrive at WSGS.com. Will Dalton is a Tar Heel fan, executive producer of this show. Do you have a strong feeling either way? Most Tar Heel fans I talk to, they just want Drake May to start because they love Luke May. Course. No, I me personally, I don't. I'm kind of I like what you said about Criswell a little while ago, or not today, but like a few weeks ago when you were talking Start about Start a camp. When you were talking about kind of how his confidence level and that, like that all sounded really good. He's to more me. solid. He's played in ten games. He and that, started last year. He's that. more solid. He's a cooler customer you know more what you're getting and that matters being a cool customer especially that position sure but as long as you have the guys around you to distribute the ball to i'm fine if you're just a distributor game manager in my opinion is not a pejorative the way that a lot of people use the term Uh, they they use the term negatively i don't view it as a negative that's who criswell is if you're looking for the next sam howe you're not getting that from criswell you have a shot to get that from Drake May, which is why I think he should be the guy. Shifting things. We heard from Wake Forest basketball coach Steve Forbes today. And since he's such an entertaining personality that we've loved getting to know the last few years, it'd be very easy for us to just focus on the fun things he said. Like we have a bit. Every time he speaks at length and has press conferences, it's called the Steve Forbes Show. Let's just find the fun things he talks about. And today he delivered. It's the first time we heard from him after a 10-day Euro trip where his team played in three different countries or in a couple different countries. And he was talking about wrecking on a bike in Paris and he's never going to do a bike tour again. And he's talking about movies and U.S. history. There's a lot of good stuff there. And Forbes is always so entertaining when we hear from him. But that was not the most interesting takeaway from listening to Forbes talk for a half hour to 45 minutes. My takeaway was Steve Forbes thinks his team's going to be good. And if 
last year was an indicator. Listening to Forbes tell us how he felt his guys were going to be good then and being right about that. Wake Forest finishing fifth in the ACC standings at the end of the year. I think Wake Forest is going to be good again. I tend to believe Steve Forbes. You usually put yourself in a bad position when you trust coaches. When you are a high-level coach, you have to lie. That's part of the job. You can't always tell the truth of things that are happening at practice and things happening in your program. You have to lie. Doesn't mean you have to be a good liar, though. Steve Forbes is a bad liar. He'd probably admit that. You, it's pretty easy to find out how he's feeling on a subject. He usually tells the truth. I remember his first year here. He wasn't saying, oh, yeah, right away. We expect to go head-to-head with the guys at Duke and Carolina. He flat out said, I don't think we have a lot of ACC players on this roster. How many coaches say that? He did. And then the next year, it wasn't down and out. It wasn't, yeah, but it's only been one year. No, no, no. He said, we expect to compete now. We got a team full of ACC players. We got 13 of them. And it immediate, I immediately caught myself and thought, oh, well, maybe he does have something here. And there's no coach in America that I trust going through the transfer portal than I trust Steve Forbes for reasons that we've talked about ad nauseum. 11 years of JUCO experience. He is comfortable with moving parts and things changing all the time. Your roster, this guy's leaving, this guy's coming in. In the age of NIL and the transfer portal, nobody's more comfortable than Steve Forbes is with that. So he had a lot. He has had a lot of turnover again. He's lost Alondis Williams. He's lost Jake Laravia. Now they got new guys. And it's time to begin getting familiar with a player by the name of Andrew Carr, Delaware transfer, who when you watch him play, the first thing you think of is, oh, that looks like Jake LaRavia. This guy, six foot ten, slightly bigger version of Jake, 35, 36% three-point shooter, better three-point shooting percentage than Jake had coming in from Indiana State. Similar type of player. That's what he looks like. That's a guy to get to know because he's been the best player for the Demon Deacons this summer. How do I know that? This goes back to Steve Ford's making it so easy for all of us in the media if we just listen. He told us. He actually listed off. Here are the five best players from this summer. And this was part of what Forbes had to say, saying Carr is at the very top of the list. We ranked the players at the end of the, of the trip uh, based on the entire summer. Number one was Andrew Carr. Number two was Davian Williamson. Those guys are separated by one vote. Think about that. The two guys were at the very top of that list. Andrew Carr won. Davian Williamson, too. We know how good Davian Williamson is. He's proven it in the ACC. Andrew Carr is better than Davian Williamson. It's been this summer. That is noteworthy. Keep note of that. The same way that we heard him talking at Nottingham about Jake LaRavia, talking up to Jake LaRavia a year ago. That's who Andrew Carr is probably going to be. And he says Zach Keller, this highly recruited player that they brought in, He's going to play a lot as a freshman. That was another takeaway I had from Forbes. He listed off the rest of his top five. It was Andrew Carr, Davian Williamson, two, Ty Appleby, three, Cam Hildreth, four, Jawatuka, five. Three of the five guys are incoming transfers. And it isn't to say they don't have returning players. Mention Davian, Cam Hildreth. You got freshmen like Matthew Marsh and Robert McRae and Damari Monsanto. They have returning players. Wake basketball is going to be good. They're going to play with edge again. They felt they were wrong last year, and they probably have a good case to feel that way. Fifth in the ACC standings, and you're left out of the NCAA tournament. 
So what do they do? They bolster their out-of-conference schedule. So that's no longer an excuse for the committee. And everybody in the country doubting them again. I saw John Rothstein have Wake Forest as his 13th ranked ACC team out of 15. That's just fuel to the fire. But I'm going to believe Steve Forbes when he tells me Wake Forest is going to be good again. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. The sixth man of Tar Heel basketball is B-Dot. And he's in studio with us, grammar school in a second. Yes, sir. Can you tell your people, and by your people, I mean Carolina fans, not black people? Oh. <laughs> Boy, you may snack about my dog. <laughs> I caught myself in the middle of that. Good start. I meant Carolina fans. <laughs> To calm down? Nah. They're so mad at me. Yeah, how'd you feel about that, Dot? Wait, what What are they mad at you about, Josh? Uh, all I asked was, the Panthers were playing Washington Commanders, and Sam Howe was the third-string quarterback. I'm like, are the, is Washington going to keep three quarterbacks? Is he going to make the team? Oh, my God! You're such a hate... Like, it was trending all over the place to the point where the president of Inside Carolina is calling me a hater and a whiner and... Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I've totally missed that. I saw you put me in a picture and said, um, you know, I saw and I saw the, 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 the paper trail of that conversation, but I didn't think they were still giving it to you. Oh, people have been giving it to me for a while. Of course, they're going to keep Sam. Like he had two rushing touchdowns. He looked good out there. He looked great. Well, he looked good out there. I don't know. For sure, if Washington's going to keep him, I do. But I know for sure he's going. Gonna keep him. He's going to make an NFL roster. Like the thing, the way things work, not every team keeps three quarterbacks. They've got Taylor Heineke, they've who's been proven as a starting quarterback. You got Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell is on a rookie deal. There are some teams that do not have strong backup quarterbacks. He actually might have the better trade value than Taylor Heineke. So all I was saying is, yeah. The guy's going to make an NFL roster. I don't know if it's Washington, though, given the way quarterbacks go down and how uncertain teams feel like about their backup, let alone their third string guy. Too bad you don't have enough characters to explain all of that when no. you put a tweet out, right? So all it is, you ask two questions and, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know exactly what you were saying and you yeah. hate my team. And that's because you poke us Carolina fans so much in so many I different poke everybody, areas. everybody, though. But, I mean, like, we don't care what you say about everybody else. We're talking about here. So, here, we know that you poke us a lot. So, anything you say about us, either you're jinxing us or you're talking negative about us. Mm-hmm. That's our perspective. Win. You can't win. It's you like Rocky. Win. You can't win. Speaking He's of Rocky. Rocky for the first time tonight. Really? Yeah. How do I always do that? That's his movie. Come on now. That's a good one, man. Rocky, yeah. you're going to like Rocky, I think. I mean, I, I would like to see how I held up, like with the leather jacket and the Yo, Adrian. I don't really know, but I remember it being great. I don't think it's the first Rocky. I think it might be Rocky three, maybe. Oh, Rocky with, with Clubber Lane. Oh no, no, I'm talking about when Rocky is uh, confronted on the beach by Adrian. He's like, "What? What, what is it, Rock? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. Does that make you happy?" I'm scared. I, I think that sounds like one or two. Is that the one when when, when Hulk Hogan and he fight? One of them. That was a weird I get them one. all mixed up. Four is the one that you never, ever confuse. No. Ivan Drago. You got Drago in four, and the first one you don't really confuse either. Yeah. Some people don't like Rocky because it won Best Picture. 
kind of inexplicably when you look at the movies that came out that year, like The Conversation and Taxi Driver. But we'll save that for when WD watches it later tonight. Right now, WD. we get the grammar school. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. That's right. Somebody hit me on Twitter the other day and said, hey, I don't know who came up with grammar school, but it's prime time listening. And I told him I appreciated that. Is that the guy who was in prison that listens to this every week? (laughs) I'm not sure. But big shout to the inmates, man. I love entertaining the inmates. I always wanted to do a comedy show at a prison. I think that'd be lit. That'd be so cool. Bosses, can we host our sports talk show from a prison? I don't know. That'd be lit. Get one of them just giving us sports takes. Yeah, they just they, they know they talk. They just was selling dope. <laughs> okay. Listen, this is grammar school. It's very simple. Very simple. <laughs> I give Josh three words or phrases from the urban vernacular and the urban world, and he has to get two out of three correct to get a satisfactory grade. Now, this is season two, uh-huh. so Josh Graham has a word of the carcastic persuasion that he sets the show and sets the tone with. I was talking to our general manager, Tom Hamilton, earlier today. What up, and, Tom? And he reminded me that the Winston-Salem Open is next week. Hmm. Had me thinking to ask, name a male tennis player. I knew if I did a women's tennis player. I'd have just said Serena. Or Venus. Yeah. Or Coco, because I love Coco Golf. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Roger Federer is cool. Yeah! You know, um, I was always a Pete Sampras fan. Yo! Yeah. Um, but Andre Agassi was cool. Woo! He's lighting it up. You know Running I mean? up the score. You know. Um, gosh, what's my guy who always battles Roger Federer? Uh, Nadal. It's yeah, right Rafael there. Nadal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like this new guy. I, I don't remember his name, but he curses a lot when he's out there. Oh, you're thinking about Nick. Yeah, here he goes. yeah, him. I like that guy. He's, he's edgy. He's badass, man. I, know my I remember he was here in Winston a few years ago at the Open. That guy, yeah, pretty fiery. Wasn't there another one, Dimitri something? I remember Dimitrov. The- yeah, Dimitrov. That's yeah. Dimitrov. Yeah. He was here too. I remember yep. him. I really like tennis. Um, when I was at Winston Salem State, one of my best friends, he was on a tennis scholarship, and he made tennis cool because this is a dude that. Like, he was like me. He was super, super urban, but he played tennis, and he taught me tennis and how to score it and all of that. Like, tennis is a tough sport. Dude, I love tennis. Dude, you'll I go 2 nothing, and then they'll go 3 nothing on you, and it's a wrap. Five yep. sets. All right, so I got that correct, right? Yes, you did. Hopefully, you'll do just as well today, Josh Graham, on this side. Now, what I have Probably you, guessing things that put the inmates where they're at. Th- this is actually um, one of your favorite types of grammar school. This is acronyms. Oh. Okay. Great. Yeah, my now, favorite. And it's not just acronyms, but it's songs and people. For example, are you familiar with Wu-Tang Clan? Yes. You're familiar with the Wu. They had a song called Cream. They're nothing to uh, mess with. They're nothing to mess with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Okay? Now, they had a song named Cream. C-R-E-A-M. What does Cream mean? Cash rules everything around me. Give me some right there. Give me, Hey, dap me up. Dap me up, boy. <laughs> You better without thinking, without playing. Let's go. Let's go. That's 
so proud of me. Yes. That was amazing. That song's fire. That song's super fire. Fish <laughs> grease, baby. I like that, Josh Graham. All right, let's keep it moving then, one for one. That song's written about Josh Graham. Young boy NBA. He's a rapper. Young boy NBA, but he does not play basketball. What does NBA stand for? Oh, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. When when Josh gives you the phone number, he's saying, "Help!" This time I actually verbalized it. I don't know who this is. Seven 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 one six hundred. Yeah. NBA. Yes. Now ba, 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 basketball. Give me, give me, give me. If the no ball. one helps, dunk it. I will. <laughs> what did you just say? Did you just make up a jingle? Oh no, that's an SNL bit from back in the day. Okay. Ba, 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 basketball. If no one assists you, you can pick one of the letters, and I will tell you what that letter stands for. I just want to know first, though. WD, do you know who Youngboy NBA is? Yes. Then I'm going to go to WD. What does it stand for? Are you going to use it right here? Yeah. I'm not sure what the NBA part Okay, then never mind. I'm not going to go to you. It's too late. Can no, I, no, no, can no, it's no, too no. late. No, it's way too late. Whoa, 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 you whoa, threw whoa. your eggs in the WD. 3367. Nah, can, I, can I give him just one of the words? As okay, a, yes. Well, you can give me all of the words if but you know all the words. I don't know all the words, but I'm guessing one of them because that's what we got. Do you know one of the words, or are you guessing I'm one guessing of the words? I'm guessing one of the words, but okay. I feel like it's a good guess. Okay. Well, I would like to say this. All three letters are words that you can say perfectly fine on radio. They gotcha. are not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, gee, I wonder what letter you were concerned about there. <laughs> I'm just trying. For N, nothing. <laughs> Was it A? <laughs> is, is N nothing? That is incorrect. Come on, so you know give me one of the letters. All right, which letter would you like? Do you want to you want me to tell you what N is or do you want to just know it's not? I wanna know, I wanna know what B is. Broke. Uh, I'm thinking three three six seven 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 one six hundred two. I'm using the collective lifeline. All of your lifelines on this one word. Young boy. Yeah. NBA. Yes. If someone can help me, the middle <laughs> is broke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's not broke. I'm gonna say not broke. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Unless this caller is gonna rescue me here. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking in my not head. Not broke. Amen. Just give me a thumbs up if I need to go to the phones here. WD says that I want to go to the phone. This is one of those joints where, like, on um, Price is Right, where you're trying to see how many of you can get right. I feel like I'm breaking Ooh. rules. Oh, well, we're making them as we go. Who am I talking to here, WD? Going to Clara in Greensboro. Clara, what does NBA stand for? Josh, you know I got you. I'm listening to you and Dot. Okay. NBA never broke again. Thank you, Clara. <laughs> I love her. Clara, where you calling from? I got you. Where That's you what I'm talking about. Where, you... where you at? Oh, wait. It's the Clara. What Clara? It's the Clara. Clara from Channel 8. Oh, hey, Clara. Uh, We've done magic I'm together. Get you guys. I love Clara. <laughs> yes. She's super cool. Congratulations, too. Just got married at Taco Bell. It was amazing. We both got married this summer. We need to get you in here sometime soon, Clara. 
Hey, I'm here when you want me. I got you. There she she does got me. Clearly. There she goes. She's Clara so Goodwin hip. joining us. She is so here. Clara Goodwin, man. Make sure you check her out. Yeah. I love Clara. For real. She got a Taco Bell wedding. We need to have her on to talk <laughs> yes. about that sometime. Uh yeah, so there you go. Thanks, Clara. Young boy NBA never broke again. Thank you. Not broke amen. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar? That's the title of today's podcast. Not <laughs> yeah. broke. Amen. What's the last, last one? Last one, man. Are you familiar? Because you've already done, got a satisfactory yes. grade. Congratulations. Yes, Thanks, Claire. You're playing with house money at this mm-hmm. point. Um, LL Cool J. Are you familiar with him? Yes. What does his name stand for? LL Cool J. We'll call it a comeback. You've been here for years. LL. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not taking no L's because I already got it right. But I will give you one of the letters. What's one of the letters? Which one? First one. Ladies. No clue. What's LL stand for? Give them the buzzer first. There we go. Got to get that sensation. Ladies love Cool James. I like it. It reminds me of when my brother was in high school hmm. and he was running for student body president. He photoshopped a picture of Kobe Bryant with his arm around him mm. saying Kobe knows a good J when he sees one. Ooh, his like name's that. Jordan. Like that. That's been grammar school for today. That has been grammar school for today. It was a good episode today. Now comes the moment that you have all been waiting for. All right, whenever you're ready. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. I'm a Hanging out in studio with us. Six man of Tar Heel basketball. You know Adam Gold going to be here in just a little bit. But before he joins us. AG. I've got two pieces of sound I think you're really going to enjoy. NIL is the center of one of these clips. Hmm. I think NIL is all worth it just for this TV commercial in Omaha. It is an Omaha heating and cooling company. I don't know if you've ever been to Omaha. Mm-mm. Yeah, I have actually. But in Nebraska, they love their Huskers over there. Mm. They really do. And the Huskers recruited a wide receiver that is actually named the coldest Crawford. The coldest. The coldest Crawford. The coldest is going to, he, he headed to college now? I remember the coldest when he was like a freshman in high school, man, the coldest. So naturally, there was some opportunity here. Roll tape. I'm so glad we called SOS. RAC is the coldest. I'm always the coldest. SOS to the rescue. Hey, this is the coldest Crawford, wide receiver from Louisiana, now playing at Lincoln. When your AC isn't the coldest, you call SOS heating and cooling. Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition guarantee. Take it from the coldest. We'll keep you cool this summer. It cracks me up every time. Could you just isolate him saying, I'm always the coldest, and then the start of the jingle? And the combination of those two things crack me up every time. I've listened to this about a hundred times, and every time I laugh at this point. I'm always the coldest. 
I'm always the coldest. I'm always the coldest. to the rescue. The little drum set up. We need bad local TV commercials. That was great. I'm always the coldest. We need that. That's amazing. We need that. How do we not have Armando Baycott doing something? Armando. The same way Tyler Hansborough had the car commercials after he got done playing, where his only line was, Wow! <laughs> Get a wow deal! At whatever Hyundai dealership there was a dozen years ago or so. God. Missed opportunities, man. Come on. The, the coldest, the, whoever thought about that from the heating and auto or, or whatever vac, they were smart. Yeah. Heating and cooling. They were smart. That was good. That was a good one right there. We should get the coldest. You know what his middle name is? The cold, No. What is it? To ever do it. Gosh. The coldest to ever do it, Crawford, according to Keenan, who writes it. That's a real. That's, I think that's real, man. I remember seeing um, clips of him. Like five years ago, four years ago, he was doing interviews. The coldest Crawford. NIL's all worth it just for that. I don't even know if that's the best example of NIL that you could pull. Like, see if you could find real quickly the Kansas tight end. So, if you don't know this story, his name is Jared Casey. Hmm. Tight end for Kansas. Kansas football's terrible. Hmm. Have been for a long time. Right. But last year, they went into Austin and they beat Texas, and they beat them by going for two in overtime where this walk-on who had never caught a pass in his career, this walk-on backup tight end, caught the two-point conversion to beat the University of Texas for Kansas. Mm. So naturally, he got an Applebee's commercial, and WD apparently has that sound. Jared Casey, you just made one of the greatest game-winning catches in Kansas football history. That was Jared, wasn't it? Where are you going now? Where am I going? I'm going to Applebee's. After I made the catch, life has been pretty great. There you go, Jared. Your two entrees and an appetizer from the Applebee's two for 22 menu. Hey, you always got to go for two. Got to go for two, Jared. That's Jared. Was that Jared? No way that was Jared. Hold a second. It's no longer the two for 20. Now two for 22 now. Inflation's <laughs> affected the two for 20 deal at Applebee's. Hey, they stuck that right over there, didn't they? Two for 22. <laughs> and it fit, though. Apparently afterwards, they were on the sideline, and they were telling Jared Casey's story, one of the TV crews, and they had the TV camera right in his face. And he looked at the camera and said, Go to Applebee's, two for 22. <laughs> better get that coin, boy. During the game. You better get that coin, boy. That's great. So I thought you'd enjoy that. But also, we've got sound courtesy of 98.5, the sports hub in Boston. Mm. Boston Sports Radio takes things very seriously. Mm. Self-serious. Same radio station that had hosts that hung up on a Carolina Hurricanes beat writer because, to quote their host, I don't want to hear a guy in a Southern accent talk about hockey. They take things very wow. seriously up there. Really? So much so, they are broadcasting from Panthers-Patriots joint practices and not just bringing on guests and still just doing their show while being there. No, no, no. They're doing live play-by-play -play of these joint practices 
Oh, that's lit. And when the fight broke out, oh, and these aren't play-by-play announcers. These are just yeah. talk radio hosts <laughs> like you and I. Yeah. This is how it sounded. Looks like it was Wilkerson. And now here comes another oh, fight, Jesus another major Christmas. fight. Uh, it's happening right in front of the stands. These guys and are it's, a-holes, man. It's going to involve much of uh, each team at this point in time. Get these, get these clowns out of here. Oh, they're right up against the stands. And, and All they want to do is fight. This is unreal. I've never seen anything like this. Yes. Players are and, coming from the other field and, now. And, and again, all the players from get in the, there. Here come the, the opposite Look field at the go. are now running Woo! in. This is like cattle. Now the Bills calling the team over now. Oh, there's another dust up over here. Yep. They're, they're starting it's to get into 35, it again a little 35, bit. 35 from the Panthers here. I got this. I got the. I mean, at this point, Jim, what I do with that damn thing? You've now had three scrums that number. here today in this practice. You had three of them yesterday. Oh, we got another one over and here. And another one is now starting here. Holy I mean, crap. at some point, at some point, they're going to have to maybe separate Jones, these Max two Jones teams. here is chirping at one of them. Nope. He was just threw the ball to uh, Aguilar. Oh, he was strong. Yeah. Mac Jones is going to mix it up. No, he's just no, throwing no. the ball to Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> what I do with that damn number? Who's Jack? the guy? What I do with Does that, that guy know he's doing a radio show? <laughs> Where's my roster? Like, or does he think he's an actual professional wrestler broadcaster? Like, he thinks he's Jim Ross. Let me hear the first five yeah. seconds of this clip again. First five seconds. Looks like it was Wilkerson. And now here comes another oh, fight. Jesus another major Christmas. fight. Oh. It's happening right in front of the stands. Oh. This guy's these guys are a-holes. Oh, <laughs> from the top rope. Yeah. Oh, he's got a chair. He broke him in half. God is my <laughs> witness. What did I do with my brother? Ray Mysterio. And also, you're doing radio, man. Why do you keep saying, look at this? I yeah. can't. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I can't look at that. Right. I can't. I'm listening to you. They're like cattle. <laughs> look at the lineman. There's another dust up over here. Where, sir? By the way, Kalen Barnes is the track star out of Baylor who once played for Matt Rule, number 35. Just helping my guy out. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure he cares. We'll make sure he gets that information. Yeah. So there you go. That was nice. I like those. That was three for three. Dot. What's that? Is it it's time for me to go already? You're going to be hosting this show next Monday. I am. What do we got in store? I have no clue. I tell you what, I tell you one thing we got in store. A recap of this game against the Patriots and the, no, no. And the Panthers. High school football. Me doing the ad read. <laughs> yeah, we do have that in store, baby. Yet yeah. again. Budget blinds. Appreciate you being here. I appreciate you. I just want to say three words. She ain't lie. Oh, we didn't talk about Courtney Banghart, did we? Please get me those t shirts. <laughs> Dot. Gotcha. Let's let's make it happen. Gotcha. And I just dropped. It's official, Josh Graham. Describe this when I can finally find it on my phone. I changed all the settings. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. What am I describing? Right here. Dot's about to pull something on his phone. Oh, my goodness. Hmm? It's unbelievable. Huh? He's got, with some Argyle trim around it, yeah. and the sixth man logo. Yeah. Sixth man, sixth man slides. No, those are Crocs. Yeah. He's got six, six man, man Crocs. Crocs? Yeah. They're all white. Are they live? They're li- they're not live yet, but they will be by this weekend. I will buy them the second they come out. They're amazing. That is hot. They are amazing. Six-man Crocs. I'm sure Dot will tell you about those yeah. when he hosts the show next Monday. Absolutely. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham.
been a while since we caught up with Steve Forbes. So he had a press conference earlier today. We had a chance to talk to him about a myriad of different subjects. He went on for about 10, 15 minutes about the summer his teams had and getting to know a lot of new players. And even said Andrew Carr, incoming transfer from Delaware, has been the best player on the team this summer, which really caught my attention because he plays a lot like Jake LaRavia, looks a lot like Jake LaRavia, 6'10", 225 which is a lot different than what he's listed at, 6'9", 210. I wanted to ask him about that. We got into the non-conference schedule, which he hasn't spoken about since it's been released. Here's how the conversation with Forbes earlier sounded. Steve, looking at the non-conference schedule that you put out, I know that was a big emphasis for you guys to try and bolster that. When you look at the number of high major opponents that you have, how pleased are you with the way Check out. I mean, yeah, it was intentional, but a lot of it was some of it was based on maybe Jake coming back, you know. And I didn't really get uh, final word on that till June one, and obviously scheduling goes um, goes faster than that. So, um, you know, it's a very challenging schedule, no question. Uh, there won't be anybody saying we didn't, you know, we played a soft non-conference schedule like they did last year. And so um, we'll see. You know, we're going to be challenged. It's going to be good for them. And it'll prepare us for a very rugged uh, ACC, um, you know, regular season. And it looks like to me maybe the folks in the media woke up and figured out that we did have a really good conference last year and that we're going to even have a, probably a better one this year. I've got a couple other basketball things I'd like to ask you about real quick. You mentioned Andrew Carr being perhaps the best player this summer. It's hard not to look at a guy who's 6'9", 210, and look at some of the percentages as well and not think about the guy he might be replacing in your lineup. What's the best comparison you could make to the type of player Andrew Carr is? Well, he's 6'10 and a half, 225. Uh, he's not 6'9", 210. Um, there's some similarities. Um, their length, he's taller than Jake. He's not as physical um right now as jake um he's used to three probably a little bit better than jake coming in the door um, and i don't know if it's better he just has more confidence doing it jake just you know jake just didn't shoot it a lot um they're both pretty skilled uh jake's probably got a better um command of the ball in the open court bringing it up to court than maybe andrew's going to do right now he's younger um, he chases the ball in the rim. He's a good, he's a really aggressive offensive rebounder. Um, I think he's got a chance to be an, a, a really, really good, really good player. We recruited him, you know, to come in here and, and, um, play with Jake or play behind him for a year and, and thinking that a year, a year later, Jake would be gone, but good for Jake. I mean, he's the 19th pick in the NBA draft. You can't beat that. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's some similarities. They're different players, but uh, great size and length at the four. And maybe someday he can play the three because he can move his feet. And after Texas A&M got left out of the tournament, Greg Sankey was out there last week saying it might be smart given UCLA and Carolina's run and Syracuse's run being one of the last teams into the tournament to perhaps look at, I think the way he put it, a fresh look 
at the NCAA tournament talking about expansion. Obviously, you are one of the teams that were right there as well. Would you be in favor of looking at a, the NCAA tournament in terms of expansion, or do you think it's just too good of a thing to touch? I don't think it hurts to look. You know, change you know, change happens all the time. Look at the landscape of college athletics over the last, you know, months, over the last years. It doesn't uh, mean that what we have isn't great, because obviously that it is, but it doesn't mean that we can't look at things and maybe improve upon it. You know, and so I don't have any problem looking into that and, and discussing what it looks like to uh, to expand the tournament. I mean, it doesn't always mean that the high majors are going to get in either. You know, again, I go back to my experience at East Tennessee State when I was 29 and four. And people were telling me that we had to get it win the tournament to get in the tournament. Well, that's ridiculous, you know, and so um, to be 29 and five and not get in. And so there's also mid-majors. You know, if you advance, if you increase it, um, you know, you got maybe a better chance for some of them to get into or low majors. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand what, what Greg Sankey's saying. And yeah, I wanted, to, we wanted to be in it. We deserved to be in it last year. And I feel like we would have won, you know, but it didn't happen. And so there's always going to be people left out and something like that. I think football is going through it, right? They're trying to just increase from four to whatever number that is. And, you know, I think there's a lot of smart people that look into things like that. And hopefully down the road, we'll, you know, we'll make a decision to either do it or not. Of the trip as you were? Very doubtful. Uh, very doubtful. Uh, um, now they got to cram down the throat, but um, that's the that's the, the advantage of being in charge. You, get, you know, it's your program. You get to pick what you do. And so, um, uh, you know, I think they really enjoyed it, though. You know, I, I do think. Some of them, a lot of them hadn't seen Saving Private Ryan. I know it's just a movie, but it's a very powerful 20 minutes when you when that when the opening scene is powerful. I remember seeing it 1999, maybe summer of. I can't remember. And maybe it was 2000, it was somewhere right. I remember walking out of that movie theater. I was on I was in Phoenix, Arizona. It was late, and I was exhausted watching that movie. Um, it was just so much, it was powerful. And so I thought that kind of set the tone. I didn't want them to, I wanted them to understand when you say beach, you think beach, this is not a beach, this is a memorial. Um, and so I think they really grasped that really well when we went there and the way they handled themselves and the questions that they asked. It reminded me when we went to Dachau when I was with East Tennessee State and I had a player, Bo Hodges, who's a really good player, player to your player. And we had gone through the whole concentration camp and he took a couple of players and I followed him to listen back to the barracks to explain to a couple of players what the hierarchy was of where you stayed, where you slept, where you were at in the bunks. I mean, when, when you're doing stuff like that and you're, you're paying attention and you're learning, that's learning. Okay. You doesn't have to, you don't have to sit in the classroom to learn. And I think there was a lot of that. I saw Ty Appleby locked in with that guide asking all kinds of questions. And I know those bomb craters around Point de Hoc, it scared the point. I mean, it didn't scare them, but it, it caught their attention. Like, wow. I mean, and that was the Germans getting bombed. The Americans bombing the Germans up on that big point. So, you know, then being in the Anne Frank house, you go in there, it's powerful. And you go up that behind that bookcase and up those little those stairs. And um, that thing is really really well done 
And so I, I thought those things were really, really powerful, you know, for our players going down underneath in Churchill's war rooms. And it's tiny. There's not a lot of space down there for those big fellas. And, um, you know, understanding that the street's right up there and all those bombs were falling. It's really not that – it wasn't as deep as I imagined. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it – I think it I think it played well. Thanks, Coach. It's good to see you, by the way. Good to see you. Good to catch up with Steve Forbes today. Have you seen Saving Private Ryan? I love that movie. <laughs> the shock on this guy's face when I'm I glad. said that. I'm it, really relieved. It was, I'm glad. It was almost like you had something planned that you wanted to say, and then I said that I saw it, and it was like, well, there goes that. Is there a topic... By the way, he shared some other notes, like uh, Matthew Marsh. Apparently, his great-grandfather died in Normandy. And wow. they couldn't find—they didn't go specifically to where his gravesite was. For whatever reason, they couldn't locate that or visit that. But Forbes mentioned that today with Marsh traveling with them. And uh, apparently, Damari Monsanto tragedy has struck his family, his sister— died tragically in uh, the past week, apparently. And that's really tragic stuff. But busy summer for Wake Forest. You get to do this every few years. You get to make these trips. But what I was going to ask, Steve is very plugged into history. That's his thing. Like World War II, he could go on for hours. And he nearly did right there. Steve, there are times where after games, we'd just be chatting, and he'd just, the conversation would come to a book that he's reading or a documentary. That's that's his thing. Do you have, like, a person or a subject in American history or a type of person or an event that's happened that really captivates you to the point where you know a lot more than the normal person would about a subject? Uh, yeah, there's a few. I'm because I'm a big history guy too. Mm-hmm. That was always my favorite subject. Oh, we know you saw Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> you watching a movie at Pearl that Harbor? That isn't a Star Wars. Yes, Pearl Harbor. There's a there's a reason for that. Yeah, for you to watch a movie, you are incredibly interested in it. I'd yeah. say. No, I I was always fascinated by Pearl Harbor. Um, World War II as a whole. I was always kind of fascinated by it. And I'll be honest, like, I was always kind of fascinated by 9-11. Like, around that time, every oh, year, yeah. like, I watch a lot of documentaries, and I'm just, I don't know, just the whole, just how that day unfolded, it, it really is fascinating. Oh, me. yeah, that's, I've gone down that rabbit hole. Titanic, too, by the way. Really? Just that, yeah. But you can't find, like, any video or anything related uh, to the Titanic. You can read up on it, and you can watch yeah, but, video of people who have researched okay. it and been down there. See, is there a figure? Is there a person that you're very... It could be even sports-related. A guy Like, for me, I'll read or watch anything done on Ollie. Anything. If it's on Ollie, I'm watching. I'm reading it. I'm very interested by that. Uh, American History, JFK. That's another one. The Oliver Stone movie... I think fed a lot of this for a lot of people. You probably haven't seen that movie. Mm-mm. It's a three-hour movie by the guy who did Platoon 
and Wall Street, Oliver Stone, who I think has a very cynical view about America, specifically in the 60s, and leadership, and what's to say, like, it's a movie, there's no way, no how, that this movie would be done in 2022, and be a massive hit that you get massive stars to do, like Kevin Costner and Donald Sutherland in it. Like, these are conspiracy theories, and he, like, created stuff, like, for this movie, and it was, like, a national sensation 30 years ago called JFK, and it still holds up. You watch this thing, and I watched it a few weeks ago. Again, that's just a subject that I will read and write, or not write, I'll read and watch anything on JFK. I'll read and watch anything on Muhammad Ali, period. Um, a figure I'd say that I am kind of like that with, Michael Jackson. I like to watch like a lot of stuff on Michael Ooh, Jackson. Did you watch uh, Finding Neverland? I didn't watch that one. Okay. Why is that one? Uh, that that'll make you not want to read. And was that a documentary? Oh or? yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO did the series about Michael's yeah interests or alleged interests. I don't know. Some people <laughs> say one thing, and then some people say the other. <laughs> I don't know. You sound like you know something. No, no, I no. Know. I mean, just saying the documentary. It's pretty convincing, and it's HBO. This is not like E News. Yeah. That put together this, and you got. <sighs> I look at Michael a little bit different there, but but it's we've talked about this before. It's specific pieces of art, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are some songs that Michael wrote that eh, doesn't impact it at all, but there are some that it does. Like same thing with R. Kelly. Like R. Kelly. It's a good example. Yeah, R. Kelly did some bad things allegedly. I don't even think allegedly he's no, been convicted. No. Yeah, he's uh, right. He's- He's locked up now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but while I don't know if I can listen to Trapped in a Closet the same way, if Remix to Ignition comes on, we're all there. We're all here. We're all having a good time. I believe I can fly. Heck, even Bump and Grind. But if it's half of a baby that's coming on, Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's one that I'm not so much a fan of. So it's it's selective. It's selective. I get it. How you separate the artist and the art. But okay, you're reading a lot about MJ. That MJ. Been watching a lot of his uh con- like his old concerts lately. Actually, like they're oh, they're so good. Yeah. That they, they like. I I think he's the best entertainer of all time, hands down. Transcending sports. Well, I don't really take sports into that, but just like music or music. Okay. Like just the way he captivates a show, it just, you got to see it. It just is. Oh, I've, believe me, I've seen a lot of Michael's stuff. Yeah. Most talented musician, though. Probably Prince. If you read the stuff that Prince can do, the number of instruments he can play and how well he can play them. Yeah. And just listen back to some of those songs. That's probably as talented as it gets. What started this conversation again? I don't really well, know. Well, Steve Forbes talking about oh, history, right. and then you Steve asked Forbes. me if there was a yeah, 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 yeah. figure. Uh huh. So, event. so Mike. So for you, it's Michael Jackson, and it's it, just history in general. Nine Eleven. Well, it's just it's a plot like Pearl Harbor, Nine Eleven, JFK, the Titanic. Okay, so tragic instances. It it would seem that way. That's those are the <laughs> things that really 
get you. For me, strangely, a lot of it in the 60s. Like you're talking about Ali, you're talking about, you know, JFK. Those are the two that really come to mind. 9-11, yeah, I mean, that's just a natural one for sure. Yeah. That's a natural one.